Lovewell Creative, in partnership with Crosswalk Church, presents the Sacred Echo Podcast. In this podcast, we'll hear from the teaching team from Crosswalk Church about the upcoming sermon series, sermons, how they process, about faith, life, love, and friendship as well. For more information on Crosswalk Church, go to www.crosswalkvillage.com. Welcome in, everybody. This is Pastor Tim Gillespie. I'm here with Pastor Patty McCoy and Pastor Dave Ferguson, and you're with us on the Sacred Echo. Patty, you're going to get some snow today? Is that what's happening? Uh, no. I We're nowhere near snow. Rain, but no snow. Yeah. We don't get lots uh, of snow in Portland. I read you were just... snow in the Northwest. You're worthless to me. Uh, hey, I how's mean, it going maybe, out there? The... I'm not talking to you anymore. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> Dave, how are things out in Chattanooga? How are things going? Two full feet of snow. It's unbelievable wow. here. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> no, actually, it is the beautiful time of year. I so love this time of year. Admittedly, I come down here from the north. So uh, when it starts getting highs of 72, I'm just, well, oh, that's lovely. I, I'm wearing a hoodie, man. That's great. <laughs> Dave, but Dave, when you say the north, you just mean two states up, right? Well, I mean, I mean Pennsylvania kind of, and Michigan is a good deal of it. Well, okay, Michigan's a little farther up there. I'm just trying to figure out what north is. Like, I, I, you Pennsylvania's know, like pretty north. It's Pennsylvania. North. Jeez, Pennsylvania look, has the same kinds of temperatures. What it doesn't have is the lake effect. Yeah, he's yeah, getting all is, snobby about the north. It's, hey, it feels no, a little look, true. It's not like you're living in the Yukon. <laughs> <laughs> what what are you hey, what, what are you trying to say let's, patty let, let, let's just share to our listeners for a second um that <laughs> I, I lived in ohio for three years tim has no idea where ohio is it's so, not even i don't think I, it's I don't a state think, anymore i tim I think here's the talk. thing if you fly west from <laughs> pennsylvania as you mm-hmm. fly over the beautiful hills of pennsylvania you will know immediately when you hit ohio just really? from the air because the hills I mean, it's now it's just flat, flat and just corn, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> just corn. I listen. I find I listen. I'm sure we have listeners in Ohio and I'm sure it's a wonderful place. Um, I've 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 never found the need. Honestly, I've never I've never been invited. That's for sure. Never been invited, yeah. but never found the need. Um, I don't even. And again, Iowa, Ohio, it feels like they're just in the middle there somewhere. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. there are a lot of us that are in the middle, so it's 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 quite fine. Uh, so it's a good start. It's a good start to our topic for today. Yeah. I think so. Is it? Yeah. Is it? No. Yeah. We can decide as we talk about uncomfortable people. We can decide who exactly we're talking about among the three of us. Wow. Well, yeah. um, How many so yeah. uncomfortable moments can we create in this podcast? I think that's probably the question we could ask. So, uh, so last week, everybody was, um, doing a campus week and, um, there's a lot of different topics that were being spoken of. A lot of people actually, I think a lot of our campuses actually extended the R Unbroken series just for one more week to kind of wrap it up and talk about it, which I think was really, really great. I'm anxious to hear actually your guys' talks on, uh, the Crosswalk Chattanooga Sermon Podcast and the Crosswalk Portland Sermon Podcast. We finally got the Crosswalk Chattanooga Sermon Podcast up on Apple. So if you're listening to this on Apple, you can finally get it on Apple. That was that took way longer than it should have, but um, but we finally got there, which is good. And um, but but we're now moving on to a new series. Our new series is uncomfortable. It's the second 
season of uncomfortable and we did some really fun things um for the uncomfortable series at least kind of people interaction the best one i have to say is we made a we made someone who didn't play cello play cello at the top of the sermon um and the pianist who didn't play piano they were trying to play together and it was massively horrible and um And then at the end, what we did is we talked about putting things in the right order. And at the end, we had the cellist play the cello and the pianist play the piano. And it was beautiful. And it, it um, was less uncomfortable that we say, um, I suppose. But this week, we are leaning into uncomfortable people. That's the topic that we're talking about. So um, so the most uncomfortable person I know, Patty, tell us a little bit about it. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, yeah. I. You know, it's funny. When... Um, we we were talking about this uh, particular week, and my the the first thing I immediately went to is just thinking about, especially planning a church. Right, you're you're trying to figure out, you know, what is this community, what is this culture, um, you know, uh, you're you're connecting with people about, you know, coming back to um, maybe a church experience if they've walked away, and and church is uncomfortable because church is full of people, right, and and we do weird and and uncomfortable things at times. Um, you know, and so I think there's the, the aspect of church and then there's the aspect of, uh, just, I actually thought about in-laws and how, you know, we, we all have, uh, family members. We, we think our family's so strange, so weird. I don't know if I want to introduce my family to anybody else. Um, and then we meet somebody else's family and (laughs) maybe we feel more okay about our family or less okay about our family, depending on how that goes. (laughs) There's just different types of weird at the end of the day, right? You just got to find yeah. somebody. When you marry somebody, you just got to find somebody who understands you're kind of weird. Yeah. Because, I yeah, mean, I we're, actually, all, we're all a little crazy in church, I think. We're all sure. just a little crazy. Yeah. I think it's interesting, too. Um, I think, it, fantastically, from my experience, Crosswalk is a place that people who anticipate they're going to be uncomfortable at church find a little more comfort. Mm -hmm. And it's because of certain kinds of markers, probably, that aren't present. Um, But I also think that because then one of the things we might tend to think or say is, oh, I've never felt X until I was here. And I always worry that that will be until you meet a certain someone, right? (laughs) There will be someone... (laughs) You know, I've never felt loved until I was. Here. Guess what? Problem is, there are going to be people here, and yeah. um, somebody's going to be have an unlovely moment, right? Yeah, um, because people just are uncomfortable. Yeah, right. Yeah, Dave, that's important because I, I I remember getting asked that a lot when uh, I was talking to people in Portland about Crosswalk uh, when it was in the pandemic, and we're trying to figure out what we're doing and how we're planning this church and and you'd have people that did not experience safety within, you know, church um, and wondered if we were going to be a safe space for them. And I, I always felt like, man, I, I don't know if I can promise, you know, safe space. I can't guarantee that because I, I never know who's going to show up on a particular weekend and what they might be bringing with them. Um, you know, but I, but I do feel pretty comfortable in, in saying that we have safe, we have safe people, safe space is hard to, promise safe people. Um, so I think, you know, as we talk about, you know, being uncomfortable with, with others, I know one thing that we're also going to get into is, is boundaries and, and, you know, how to, you know, um, 
protect ourselves and, and recognizing, even though, um, you know, I love the line that, that I think Tim, you used it, that we are, uh, we're for everyone at crosswalk, but we know we're not for everyone. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think that's a, that's, that's an okay distinction to make. <laughs> yeah. I, um, you guys were talking about safe spaces just to go back there a little bit. Um, I've had those conversations in the lobby. Is this a safe place for yeah. me? Yeah. And, you know, my answer to that for whoever we're talking about with whatever issue or, or situation they're in is, you know, I can't speak for everyone here. I can speak for leadership and I can speak for what our values are, but you may experience something that's uncomfortable um, because, because, you know, in, in the, in the jambalaya that is humanity, um, I've never had jambalaya, just like that word in the, in the gumbo that is, um, that is humanity. Uh, there's, you know, there's some snails in there. I don't know. Are there snails in I, gumbo? I was going to ask you if you've had gumbo. You said you never had, had jambalaya, so never, you jumped over to gumbo. Never had gumbo I'm either. I'm so glad that I can now try to use my gumbo expertise. Uh, you know, no, they, what you're talking you know, about there, though. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it, it's, um, it's fascinating uh, how challenging it can be. With regularity, we talk about our values. Right. And thank goodness. I think way too many times things break down because of lack of clarity on values. What what can happen, though, <clears throat> is because I think it's just beautiful and wonderful that we have values. But it, the problem is that any values that we have, and we never have just one value, anytime we have multiple values, you can pit those values against one another. And then what? Right. <clears throat> Um, because you want safety. Well, absolute safety means not interacting with people. <laughs> we want belonging. Okay. And we want uh, non-judgmentalism, and we want openness. Well, next thing you know, you've got somebody in the middle of it that, hey, did we mean to make it available to them too? Um, and you want excellence. And... You know, the problem is when these things compete. I would regularly, as I was leading uh, service projects, short-term service trips for for high schoolers, I would have a parent ask me, is it safe? (laughs) Is it safe? And they're actually talking about the pitting of competing values in that moment, right? And my response would always be, and I would say the same thing if somebody asked me, is crosswalk safe? Tell me if crosswalk is safe. I will say no. Going to Ecuador with your child is not, I I can't tell you it's safe. I can remind you that the most dangerous place in the world for a teenager is their own home. Mm -hmm. So maybe we're not asking quite the right question. Is it safe enough? Is it safer? Have you done things to try to help make it as safe as is possible? Now, those are different kinds of questions, right? Um, and where we heighten the values of, of loving people well and opening ourselves and including diversity. And well, <clears throat> that makes it safer in one regard <laughs> and less safe in potentially another. And so these are interesting challenges that boil down to, okay, if you're making the choice to have relationships, you are making the choice for discomfort in certain sorts of often unpredictable ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not risk and no risk. 
in in that sense, right? right? Like that's what we used to say to student missionaries, parents especially that wanted to go out, you know, talking about their kids going out as a student missionary. If you had something that happened, um, you know, in a in a particular area um, uh, to a student missionary, and then suddenly that that area is unsafe, um, and uh, so we want to send them to a less, you know, to actually to a more safe area. Um, but there's no safe. It's not. You know, it's, again, it's not risk and no risk. It's all risk. Putting yourself right. out there, coming to church, participating and being a part of community, you know, all of that is risk and, and it's going to be uncomfortable and it's going to challenge and push. And, um, you know, it, it's growth is uncomfortable, right? Like, like if, if you experienced, you know, I mean, we're all on the taller side of, of life, right? We had those, those times <laughs> where, I mean, I did six inches in six months, right? That was incredibly uncomfortable. Um, yeah during that time and waking up in the middle of the night with these, you know, growing pains and, and things like that. Um, and, and that, but that, that's what growth is. It's uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, you'll find people who will use what we've just described as a cop-out for making wise decisions. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we, we had a trip planned to Israel (laughs) You could say, well, it's not safe anywhere, so let's just go, right? Well, no, that's not wise either. So it's, it's the challenge is, how do you set good boundaries? How do you, in, you know, even confront certain points of discomfort that need confrontation um, while understanding that removal of discomfort is not really one of the options on the table? Mm-hmm. Well, and I think especially in church, um, church, church attracts many personality types. It attracts many, many value systems and people are all, everybody's looking for something in church. Sometimes it's different than what church has to offer. Um, and what I find uncomfortable with people coming to church is just when they find, you know, when they're so in love with it, they think it's going to be great. They think it's never going to be a problem. Um, just like we've mentioned before, but there's this expectation that's put into church, especially from, I think some of the, some of the, um, that's the word I want to use here. Um, gumbo. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Um, I, in Jesus, um, (laughs) no, some, some people who may see the world from a, a different angle than I do, you know, they, they're obtuse thinkers. Um, they have a tendency to expect expect something from church that's that's not reasonable from any organization yeah. right and and that becomes very uncomfortable because they're like why is why is it like this why is why why haven't you fixed this and why why am i still broken even though i'm here now um you know we have to mitigate people's expectations uh, in some respects yeah. You know, I, the phrase I say, and I say it quite a bit is, you know, don't find, if you find the perfect church, don't join it. You'll ruin it. Yeah. You know, there's no such thing as a, as a perfect church and there's no such thing as a perfect person. Right. Yeah. Is that, is that CS, is it CS Lewis that has the quote that, you know, if you find, if, if you find that God agrees with everything that you do, that it's not God you found, <laughs> um, you know, in, 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 in the same vein of, of our, you know, I, I think you're so right when you talk about expectations, because we put so much on, you know, church to meet all of my needs. 
make me feel good every week. Um, you know, give me that, that just that, that warm, fuzzy feeling that I can go home and I can get through another week. But there's going to be times when, man, church is going to really challenge the core of who you are um, and, and have you confront some stuff that's difficult and hard, but it's, it's ultimately for your growth. And, um, and that, but, yeah. but that's not easy. And so we can, we can walk away when it gets tough, uh, when it gets uncomfortable, um, you know, but, but that, that's not yeah. the best thing for us. So, I, you know, this is making me think a little bit about, and I know that we're going to talk about, um, uncomfortable unity down the road. So there are some kind of bleed over kind of concepts here that, that go back and forth, but it feels a lot to me like we, we have, uh, as a society, become more and more enamored with trying to get around people who agree with us about everything, which is a losing yeah. proposition, right? You can't possibly, it doesn't work. Not only does it not work, it doesn't carry the benefits that you, that we assume to just be around people who agree with me. Um, you think about that with regard to marriage. I think probably <laughs> all of our marriages would worsen if we just agreed about everything. Um, right. I think there is something kind of electric about the differences. And mm-hmm. I think about too, um, especially as somebody is maturing in spirituality and they're, they're experiencing some point of disagreement in a community and the temptation is to bail. Um, and that, you know, you keep doing that and you're just going to be a hermit, right? You're not going to be able to find... A, a place where everybody's going to agree with you. And if, if you do so, you're going to end up deeply disappointed with what that group is, is it strikes me. Um, and so I find myself often wanting to say to, um, I find my, do you guys find yourself in this conversation where somebody comes to you and says, man, I just appreciate you, but I, I want it. So I wanted you to know why I'm not going to show up anymore. <laughs> it's like, you know, I find that conversation with regard to younger, younger believers younger Seventh-day Adventists and the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And uh, and I always want to say the same thing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why, where are you going? What yeah. You and I get to say something, and now you're just making it I get to say something. I wanted <laughs> you to stay here with us, and we can, we can disagree with certain things together. Boy, if, if, any, if there is a pastor, for instance, who could stand up and say, I've never been made uncomfortable by the leadership in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, then I you know, I'd be just wildly shocked, right? Mm-hmm. So if we just all left, I mean, we'd have we'd have nothing in the end. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. And sorry, Patty, were you going to say something? Oh no, 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 good. Um, you know, it's a church is a mixed bag. Church is a mixed bag, in my opinion, um, of discomfort and comfort. Um, that that you never kind of know when it's going to show up. I know that I'll be preaching and something that is very comforting to one person will be incredibly uncomfortable for another person. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's that's what's fascinating to me. That's kind of the you know, especially as preachers, the the weird negotiation between mm-hmm. am I making enough people uncomfortable? Who am I making uncomfortable? Um with what I'm saying, am I pushing the right Am I pushing in the right direction for some of my congregation? Well, it won't be all of my congregation, but how do I keep people in the room so we're all still listening together? Um, when it becomes too uncomfortable, most people, like Dave, just like you said, will leave. Um, so you either have to be kind of making everybody a little bit happy or making everybody a little bit uncomfortable. Um, 
but I find it, I find it this negotiation of pushing hard this direction, backing off and pushing hard this direction, um, to kind of keep people, keep people a little off kilter. I want people to be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, I don't want them to be falling over all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, man, I'm, I'm trying to think about your, I'm processing, I'm going back to what, what Dave talked about is how we are, we're becoming a society and a culture where people want to move to places that have like values, right? They want to, they want to get out of, you know, the, the discomfort of all the differing, you know, the tension, the opinions. I, I hear that a lot in Portland. Um, you know, like, oh, I'm so fed up with all these liberals. I'm so fed up with all this. I'm, I'm going to, you know, um, th- there are certain states, Dave, you may or may not live in one of those, um, <laughs> where people say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go here, uh, you know, and, and get away from all the disagreement and, and the tension. Right. Yeah. But it, but it makes me wonder if going through, you know, what we did in the pandemic where there was so much tension and there was so much disagreement and everything was political, everything was, you know, an issue that now it's almost that, yeah, people are, uh, I'm thinking about our mental health, you know, uh, series we just went through is their mental capacity is, uh, it, the, the, the reserves are so shallow. Like we, we don't have, we can't take a lot. And so when we face discomfort in a place like church, you know, it's easy, maybe it's easier right now for us to pull away and say, ah, I just, I, I don't have room for that, you know, in my life. I can't, mm. I face that in my life right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to just pull away and, you know, do something different with my time than, than church. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's, it, you make an interesting point um, in that, in that most of our lives are uncomfortable. You wake up in the morning, pick up your phone um, or what have you and read, read news. Most of that's uncomfortable right now. Um, you know, during the pandemic, we called it doom scrolling. Now it's just scrolling because that's, right. that's the news, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty significant. Um, so yeah, so I guess there would be an argument to be made that that church should be a place where we find some comfort. Um, maybe we find some hope. I, we could, we could play with those words a little bit, um, I don't, I don't know. It's that's, that's interesting, Patty, because I live in one of those States where people are all leaving, um, you know, to go, to go find perceived like-minded values. I'm not sure they really are finding them, but many of them um, are coming to Tennessee. Yeah, maybe you're, you're welcome, Dave. You're welcome. It is funny though. I said, I said this when I was in Chattanooga, cause I had it a couple of times out there. I've had it every now and then I'll, I'll go somewhere else in the U S and people will be like, Oh, you're from Portland. Are you, are you okay? You know, like, are, are you, is your life okay? And like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think you're right about perceived values, Tim, is that, you know, again, it, it's as if we could go somewhere where we're no longer going to have discomfort, where everybody's going to be like-minded. Everybody's just going to agree with me. They're going to vote the same ways. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to create those spaces where I just don't have to be confronted with, you know, my issues. Well, you and, know, and, <clears throat> go ahead, Dave, go ahead. I was just thinking about all the, you know, some of the wrapping up into each other, some of the thoughts here. Maybe what we're not really even shooting for is a lack of discomfort, right? Um, You think about exercise, you think about relational growth, you think about, you know, any kind of growth is uncomfortable, right? Jesus says, unless you're born again. Well, that's an uncomfortable metaphor. Um, (laughs) It it 
can feel like near death experience, I'm told, for a woman in labor, right? So and let alone the child is going through a trauma, right? That that they will take time recovering from. So maybe our goal isn't in, in church isn't even lack of comfort or uh, lack of discomfort, but is rather that it is so surrounded in love that that we love is that thing that makes the comfort manageable and maybe even at times a part of the adventure um, mm. that it requires that kind of growth. I've, I've been thinking about the book by Brene Brown, Braving the Wilderness, in which she talks about a lot of this kind of thing. And I think that'd be a recommendable uh, read for the uncomfortable series, right? Mm. Is that it is not about um, getting to a place of of absolute comfort. It is about um, the relational goodness that makes uncomfortable challenges actually a part, a rewarding part of the journey uh, mm-hmm. and, and adventure. But that means we have to. That means we have to accept the idea that that um, there's going to be diversity within the community, and there's going to be discomfort in negotiating that. Um, and you have to really lean into the idea of community. Something that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, so Redlands is relatively large, right? We track between twelve hundred and fourteen hundred people a weekend. Um, it's so it's hard to find that community, that depth of community. Sometimes I know that that's one thing that people really struggle with in a larger church. Um, so we do things like small groups and all, all that sort of thing. But, you know, the the engagement in that is relatively small. I'm really excited that we've got, you know, John Ciccarelli here, who's our new discipleship pastor and is leaning into that. But um, how do you build in a situation like that? And Dave, I think you, you experienced that on a, on a larger level as well. Patty, I know that you're, you guys are growing. How do you, how do you build in that community rather than just going and finding the like-minded people in your community, right? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, and you know, within within the Adventist faith tradition, you know, we've we've struggled by and large with things like small groups. You know, we we call them connect groups with uh, within Crosswalk, but we struggled with that. I think I think look, intimacy intimacy is uncomfortable. Um, putting yourself in a place to be known is difficult. And, and I think that that's why, you know, sometimes I, I, I said this in, in Portland uh, several weeks ago, is that one of the reasons we, we keep it dark in the room is because some people aren't ready to be seen yet. Right. Mm. Uh, if, if especially they're, they're kind of tip tiptoeing, um, you know, back into a church experience, they, they kind of just want to check it out. They, they don't really necessarily want a ton of people, you know, confronting them or talking with them and they want to sneak in, sneak out. You know, but at what point, you know, and, and how do you encourage people to cross the line, you know, from that kind of experience into, you know, a deeper relationship and a, and a deeper commitment? Because when you don't, when you, when you don't make that commitment, um, you know, you don't, you, you, you don't uh, consciously think about, I, I'm going to really invest here. It's easy for you to look at the community and all the flaws and, and blame the community for not being enough for you. you. You know what I mean? Like, like it's easy to, to be critical of the community from a distance. Um, you know, but when you really start to invest, when you really start to pour your heart and soul into something, when you really, you know, take a risk of getting involved in a meaningful way. Um, it's scary 
because because somebody's going to come to know you a little more. Um, and especially depending on your past experiences, that that can be tough. So I'm I guess I'm saying, you know, Tim, I I think it's a challenge um, to really create that that meaningful community. And yet that's what we that's what we're all in this for to some degree. Right. Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to. I mean, that's what yeah. that's one of the benefits of church, right? Is coming yeah. together for mutual encouragement. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah. At least that's what. Yeah. That's what and, Paul says about it. Yeah, and I was I uh, you know in in the New Testament there are over seventy commands for us to one another, you know, love mm-hmm. one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, share your sins with one another, you know. But one anothering is 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 tough work. <laughs> one right. anothering, right. I like that. Yeah. You know, uh, I've I've noticed. Tell me if you guys have experienced this over the course of your career. I've experienced it actually quite a lot. Um, where I'm in a group in a group of people, we're relating well, we like each other, and then the language or the conversations that kind of end up occurring. Clearly, those individuals are making assumptions about that you believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. Um, that be, that and that be, I've found that to be very uncomfortable because you go down that road very far at all, and now it's it's like it's like the situation where you've you've uh, you don't remember somebody's name and you've carried on conversation long enough that it's weird to say, oh, <laughs> by the way, I don't remember your oh. name. <laughs> uh, that's what this feels like to me. Is uh, you're assuming so much about I can't actually. No, I got to kind of raise my hand now and object. I'm being lumped into a situation. You know, I find that very uncomfortable sometimes um, that we assume that the only way you would like me as much as you appear to like me is because we agree about all these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. for our crosswalk community where we where we say, man, we want to love people well, we want we want. Um, we want people to feel extraordinarily comfortable here. And to the degree we're successful in that, we kind of set ourselves up for assumptions. Um, and then the most dangerous and worst of ways, especially with, you know, gregarious outgoing people is our, even our joking language can so often, it can even turn hurtful, right? Because Mm -hmm. our assumption is you'll laugh at the same thing I would laugh at. And it turns out maybe I'm not even clear on 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 what I just said <laughs> that's mm-hmm. making you not a one another mm-hmm. but somehow an other right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's fascinating I, I actually in my in my sermon last week I talked about how the idea of other is anathema to God like it just doesn't exist for God there's no this there's no concept of other um, it's just us and and you know we we find lots of ways to delineate i think one of the things that um you know we're t- this this week we're talking about uncomfortable people but one of my favorite authors david dark in his book um in his book life's too short to pretend you're not religious which i highly recommend um especially for people who are struggling with um whether or not they want to identify as a christian or an adventist or or whatever um he says, you know, there's no nuance in categories and labels, I think is the word he uses. There's no nuance in labels. Um, and, and uncomfortable people get labeled pretty quickly. Right. Um, (laughs) I've, I've worked in churches where, you know, there's, there's, 
Much like a restaurant where people dine and dash, there is a wall that has pictures that says, okay, these people, not okay to be here. Some 100% reasonable, right? Not safe people. Um, Sometimes just really uncomfortable people. And I've always struggled with two things. One, do we restrict access? There's certain ways we do and certain boundaries that need to be kept. I don't question that. Um, But also, if someone's just so thinks so differently than I do and they can't seem to see that they're thinking that much differently, right? Because we've all we've all had those people and church has a tendency to attract people like this, right? They think so differently that when you're having a conversation with them, you're like, man, that's really strange is the only word you can kind of come up with. That the way they're processing this is so strange and they don't seem to notice that. How do we find places for those people in church? But also how do we how do we manage some of the fallout? that comes from people like that. Because there are those people, and I'm not talking about just like toxic people. I'm talking about people that just genuinely process so differently that um, yeah. Yeah. they're not in kind of the mainstream society. Either. Well, so let's, let's, let's take that point and let's turn it up at a, vol- a volume notch or two here. So now it's a person who ju- is just what you described, and they would like to volunteer with a specific ministry that you yeah. know what that will do. Mm-hmm. How do you manage that, right? How do you as a leader or how do you as a community, let's say, let's say it's, it's, it's with children, and it's not that they're unsafe with children, it's that they're not going to relate, and they're going to change the temperature in that children's room. Mm-hmm. Um, in the name of love, what do you do? <laughs> How do you, and I get, we're kind of starting to shift a little bit to the conversation around boundaries. And another perfect example of this is that, you know, in this world of accusation, um, where you're trying to create safety for people, you can have situations where you know of a claim against someone that is not even possibly provable. So you have you're now kind of trying to decide have we have we now it's one thing for there to be uncomfortable people but now you also have to def- define is what what is it when a person is a, somehow endangering other people and can that be taken too far also right mm-hmm. um you know you the three of us are just the wrong comment away from being in you know in in serious trouble out of without any control on our part, right? And so right. how we how we navigate all those kinds of circumstances kind of that the where's, where's the line between uncomfortable and really problematic? <laughs> Dave, I feel like you asked a question that you wanted to answer yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Dave. I but think that's a just, great I've question. Been, I've been learning. My discomfort with Dave is that when I ask him a question, he almost always has a long answer that's actually another question. And you you're know. welcome. <laughs> you're very welcome. Well, I mean, you know, this is this is the challenge of leadership, but it's also the challenge of staying involved in the community, right? Mm-hmm. Because that that probably is in some cases why people have bailed. Right. is at times they've decided uncomfortable equals problematically dangerous. Right. And right. so what and, would you say, Patty, mm-hmm. is the line? What would you right. say, Patty? I like it. Well, is, <laughs> I, 
I, I actually wonder too, Dave, you know, if, if that's the reason why, you know, some people do just walk away from community because wrestling with these kinds of things is, is tough. Um, it's, it, it can be exhausting. It could be draining trying to, you know, I'm all for, you know, protecting, you know, I get, I, I tell people I get, I get really mother bear when somebody seems to threaten, um, a community, I don't just mean physically, uh, threaten a community, but, um, you know, I want to, I want to protect my people. I'm a loyalist through and through, um, and that, but I think wrestling with, you know, whether a person is unsafe or just isn't a good fit in in a particular environment. You know, I think those are the things. I think that's why you talk about leadership. Like none of us make those decisions on our own. Right. Um, you know, we we need a council of people mm-hmm. that have different perspectives and um, you know, different connections um to help us navigate some of those very kinds of things. Um, because look, at the end of the day, community is beautiful and transformative and amazing and hard. Yeah. And and I think that that's where, you know, when we we have a tendency to walk away when things get hard. Um but oftentimes, man, that is that is where we were on we're on the precipice of growing into a new version of ourselves if we could just stick it out. Mm. Um you know, um but it is tough to wrestle with that and be in those types of situations and have those type of of com- the conversations. I didn't really answer it. I just kind no, of danced I've, around the. No, uh, I think, I think, I think you did. And I think, I think some of those, you know, some of those conversations are so difficult because some of the uncomfortable people don't know that they're uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. So it's news yeah. to them. It's news right. to yeah. them. And that's, you know, we make a bold statement, which will always come back to bite us, which is we're a community of belonging. Yeah. Right. Um, first of all, that's going to be challenged. That's going to be questioned. Are we serious about that or not? Um, chances are the personalities that have a tendency to challenge that are challenging personalities. Um, and so we have to learn how to navigate and negotiate that while at the same time, um, creating comfort as much comfort as we can for the, for the vast majority of the congregation, you know, outliers have a tendency to to do just that, you know, behave and outline sorts of behaviors to try and change directions and that sort of thing. We have to kind of toe the line um, of this is where we believe God is calling us to be, while at the same time saying you're welcome to come along, um, but not derailing the whole thing with a particular personality or particularly uncomfortable person. Um, And what I think is fascinating in this conversation is that what is uh, uh, an uncomfortable personality for me may not be an uncomfortable personality for somewhere someone else. Mm-hmm. So I have to recognize that within myself as well. Like I remember being a youth pastor and, um, you know, being a youth pastor is difficult for the fact that there's so many different rubrics of success for you. Um, every family has their own and it really centers around the idea that like, Hey, does my kid connect with you? And have you connected with my kid? Well, I learned after a bit that there are some kids I'm never going to connect with. They just don't like me. And I don't know that I like them. Like our personalities are very different. Yeah, you know, I know we're not supposed to admit that, but it's been a long time since I've been a youth pastor. But, you know, sometimes there were kids who were like, oh, I can't stand that dude. And I was like, wow, that's weird. I think I'm great. Um, and then when I was really honest, I was like, yeah, I don't know that I like that kid that much either. And it's not 
you know, I love him in Jesus, but like probably wouldn't choose to hang out with that kid. So, you know, there was times where you were seen as a very successful youth pastor or times where you were seen as a very unsuccessful youth pastor because you didn't connect with those people's kid. I always tried to bring enough people around the ministry that there was somebody who could connect with everybody. And it wasn't always me. Um, that's how I tried to get around that. But um, same thing, same thing in ministry um, and kind of a broader calling. There's not going to be I'm not going to connect with everyone in my church, but we have to we have to create opportunities for people to connect to one another so it doesn't all fall on me and my personality. Um, and that's the beauty of community, that we can have that diversity within it and people can find their people. Um, but it's not always easy, and it's not always easy from a leadership standpoint. Right? Yeah. And I, I think, you know, look, e- even though it, community can be uncomfortable and community can be hard and community can really challenge us at times, like, you know, and, and Tim, even talking about, you know, coming sometimes and wanting people to to be uncomfortable and cha- challenge with our messages and, and all those kinds of things, like we, we can always dispense hope. Right. We, we can always right. share hope in, in that sense. So so someone can come and, and still and and be challenged and feel uncomfortable, but know that there is hope um, to to still right. hold on to and to still have. And I think that that's that's what church can offer um, in a meaningful and beautiful way that, that maybe is hard to find in other places. Yeah. Um, and, and so if you think about what what makes us different, then um, I, I think it's a hope that we can offer amidst the challenges. Um, and, and then it's just being honest with people like this, you know, that gone are the days when we just talk about the Christian walk as a, you know, the, the whole prosperity gospel, you just do it all right. You know, you're going to get this, this, and this, and everything's going to be great. It's going to be easy. Like, no, the, the road is, is narrow that leads to life. And if you find it, cause it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Know. You know, I, I like what you said there, Patty. And I would, I'm just thinking one of the things that I like, because I, I, I tend to be kind of a decisive person i like to think plot act right um and so i've i always love on this question of how we deal with other people and as leaders or as organizations or as churches i love having people around me that i know for certain are more gracious than i am (laughs) because they're a little bit like to me the litmus test if they're bothered (laughs) Now I know, yeah, 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 that is, this is definitely something that's crossing a line from just regularly uncomfortable human interaction. It, it's now, this is something that really probably needs to be dealt with. And I think then at the core of that is um, we can't take shortcuts in the name of discomfort to good, careful, gracious communication. Mm. Um risk-taking kind of communication that says, look, I, I might even have some of this wrong, but we should talk about this. Um, I've found that um, when I have gracious people around me, when I let them help me understand and, and think about what, what it is that's really going on, when I'm willing to sacrifice my own time to try to work through things, God so regularly um, brings about a, a good conclusion that, and even the, the worst of conclusions are, are manageable in that cir- circumstance. Yeah, that's true. I think that's true. And I think having, having those barometers around you that see things a little bit differently than you do is important. I think that's a really important point um, when it comes to, <clears throat> when it comes to community and the diversity within it. Um, 
Yeah. This is this is almost an uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we, which is sort of the point. I know. I know. Um but listen, any other any other thoughts? Any other thoughts on this? We don't want to go too long today. We want to make sure people can get out and have those uncomfortable uncomfortable relationships that they want to have. But any other final thoughts? Patty, looks like you got one. No, I yeah, I was just going to say look, I I I I love that we regularly say that we are a community of belonging and at the same time I recognize how difficult that is. Um, and, um, you know, I can't, I, I, what's the famous adage? I can lead someone to water or I can't, I can lead someone to water. I can't force them to drink. Right. Um, That's a, that's an old adage about a horse, but about a horse. Well, yes, I can't. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Thank you. Um, but uh, no, I, I can, I can tell them, look like community is meaningful and it's, it's amazing, but it's hard uh, and, and it's still up to a person to decide if they're going to invest or not. Um, right. and, um, and, and I hope and pray people will invest. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy. And, and so we're going to keep showing up and I, I tell our teams, all the time. Like our job is to just continue to show up, to be consistent, uh, to be loving people, um, and, uh, and, and hope and pray for those folks as they walk in that when the time is right and their heart is ready, that they will engage and be willing to step into the discomfort. Yeah. I so wish you had used gumbo in your horse metaphor, but, um, it's like you're not even trying it's like you're yeah. not even trying anymore. That's you right. can lead a horse to gumbo, but you can't get him to try the jambalaya. I don't know. That's probably it, it's, right. It's That's all right. Well, I, I'll, here's my last word. I, I think where we get into problems is any point we take some 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 of statement like that this is a community of belonging and use that as a bragging point of pride. Right. We oh, will yeah. fail every time there. Yeah. It is an aspiration and yes. a, a value yeah. that we yeah. are ever striving for. Yeah, and that's that's a good point, Dave. Um, yeah. The aspirational nature of a comment like a community of belonging. Um, Crosswalk did a good thing early on, where they said learning to love well because they wanted to be humble. Um, they wanted the uh, humility in this idea of loving well. Um, we took that away, not because we'd figured it out. We took it away because um, it doesn't fit on a bumper sticker nearly as well, um, or a T-shirt, but. And and literally, it was that practical a decision. But also, also we wanted to make a statement, like we wanted to plant our flag in the loving well space. Um, but that learning to love well remains, right? These are aspirational yeah. statements that we make. And um, churches are communities filled with people. People are flawed. People are difficult. And people are uncomfortable. Um, chances are, if we're in a community where we're not uncomfortable, we're not really in a community anymore. We're in a club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? right? And yep. we're, we're, we're not, we're not really dealing with the, the real humanity that God calls us to deal with. And so, um, so a little discomfort's good in our lives, yeah. I would say. And, and humility uh, is, is such an important piece of all of this, right? That you mentioned that learning, learning to love well, I think it's that continued humility that, you know, we, we never arrive. <laughs> we, we, we just keep striving to, to be that place and to be that community of belonging. Um, and, and humility, I think allows us too to be in a room with people that have different opinions and recognize that we can still have common ground on other things. We, we we can have differences. Uh, it's okay. It's good. It's healthy. Right. Um, it's going to challenge us. Um, but the humility to know that we don't have it all figured out um, and we're on a journey, 
I think that that's uh, that's what I love about our crosswalk communities is is that you know we do emphasize that hey we're on a journey uh, of growth and and growth is is uncomfortable. Yep. Good stuff, everybody. Um, hey, thanks for being here. If you haven't checked out Crosswalk Chattanooga's uh, podcast, sermon podcast, make sure you check that out on Apple or any other platform that you find your podcast. A same thing to be said for the um, Crosswalk Portland sermons as well. So that way you can you can hear from the teaching team in their respective pulpits. Of course, we've got the Crosswalk Redlands Um sermon podcast that's that's kind of ubiquitous it's always there um as well as um other things that are going on make sure you check our websites and all that sort of thing this is all part of the kind of the lovewell creative um family of podcasts there's also on apologetics that i do with dr alex bryan um that we were going to record right after this and then he told me no so i don't know what's happening with that maybe we won't have one this week um but no, um, just just a lot of content, a lot of fun stuff that's coming out. Thank you guys for being here and sharing today. And um, I guess today we'll say, hey, we're glad that we can be together learning to love well. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sacred Echo podcast. This has been brought to you by Love Well Creative in partnership with Crosswalk Church. If you would like to give for more digital content, please go to www.crosswalkvillage.com give and click on the online option under fund. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for supporting. And thank you so much for being part of what God is doing through Crosswalk Church and Lovewell Creative.